Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 347. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is with me in Las Vegas. And uh, listen, we're coming to you one day earlier than normal. Normally, for 347 consecutive weeks, I'd say about 344 of those or so, we sit down on a Thursday night to record this podcast. But this was one of those rare ones where it made sense for us to do it on Wednesday night. It's a crazy week. Cold Coffee's got a lot going on. I've actually got a, a 5 a.m. flight out tomorrow. So uh, we, we, did, we were a little worried that maybe communication would be a problem or travel delays would be an issue or whatever. So we're coming to you one day earlier than normal. Cold Coffee, how you doing on this beautiful Wednesday evening? <laughs> I'm doing very, very well. This, uh, I feel like I should, I guess I have to uh, roll into the weather and say that is a, a, a nice 67 degrees here. Come clear on. skies. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, man, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. No, I'm feeling good, man. Today was a nice little uh, only 10 people media day. So it was kind of a light day in terms of uh, what the uh, UFC d- has done recently. So I'm feeling good, man. Um, tomorrow got the day off. Uh, got to do a little side thing and then uh, lots of moving crap. Um, just sort of getting started on that whole deal, and uh, yeah, man, I'm super stoked, man. Super stoked to uh, to be here, yeah. be doing uh, episode 347, and to uh, talk about this fight card. Listen, before we get to the fight card, though, I got to say, we've got a little development. As you said, you've got some movement going on. We've got some some excellent progress going on in the relocation of the Casa de Cold Coffee. <laughs> uh, you now have the keys to the new property, which is fantastic. I'm sure the keys, garage door opener, and everything, unlike the one here where I have to go out, take the padlock off, open it up, move <laughs> the trash can so I can lift it up, and then it tilts up. This one, it's all fancy. I can actually push a button, and uh, and it rolls up on its own. Well, that is fantastic. Um, I'm sure the staff is I over know. there right now, kind of preparing the grounds, getting everything they're, all they're ready to go for it. They're dusting things. They're dusting. They're, uh, they're preparing the grounds. All right. But here's what I wanted to get at, Cold Coffee. We've had a little bit of a development in the Casa de Cold Coffee, and I, I need to find out from you if this is uh, an absolute blessing of the new property or if this is you know, perhaps a curse that is going to lead to your ultimate demise. But we have found that, as best I can tell, now I haven't seen it yet. I will certainly be making the visit to the new Costa Cold Coffee sooner rather than later. But my understanding is there is a bar that is open 24 hours a day that is within 100 feet of the Costa Cold Coffee. And and if, if that were not enough, if that were not enough, which it should be, I mean, that right there is danger it in be. itself. I mean, that's that's winning. But is, <laughs> is it? We're about to find out if it's winning or not, but and and spam masubi on uh, the menu, which just happens to be a favorite little junk food delicacy of yours. And uh, listen, I don't. It may be winning now, but when you have spent all of your rent money on drinking at this on, bar on spam and drinks. <laughs> I know. There, go, there goes the whole uh, trying to lose weight thing out the window. Unless I only eat one or two Spam Masubis a day and just nonstop, but then my cholesterol will probably go through the roof. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and I believe it is a uh, a bar that is affiliated with Browns and Buckeyes. As Get well. out of here. There's one over by my house here. It's called Sporting Life Home Field. This one is just Sporting Life Bar. Um, it's it's owned by a Buckeye. And so, more than likely, it'll be a Buckeyes and a Browns bar within 100 feet of the house that I can walk to, and it sells uh, Spam Musubis, which uh, 
I fucking love spam musubi. I I really really do. I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go out on. I'm gonna make a prediction. I'll give it. I'll give it. Uh, we'll say we'll say 60 days. Okay, I'll give you two months. I bet okay. within the first 60 days of you at the new Costa Cold Coffee, there will be at least one media day or one weigh-in where you're rolling in hot from the night before. You've been there all <laughs> night long, just chilling at the sporting life, and you're rolling you're, in. You're giving me 60 days. Wow, that you're giving me some credit there. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You're, you're saying, like, man, the first month he's going to be good. Second month he's going to fall back into the old routine. Uh I hope not, but if it does, the best part is that uh, I'm even closer to the UFC headquarters than I am now. So uh, uh, I'm I'm very very excited about that. But oh, uh, man. yeah, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping I don't go crazy because this this particular location is not like uh, like the keg or like one of my local local ones where it's like you go in and they you get super high, you know, full drinks and they're charging you pennies on the dollar as opposed to here where it's a brand new place. So I have to, I have to do lots of flirting and, and uh, you know, whatever to try to get in the good graces here, but right. who knows, but, uh, but no, it should be good. You know, uh, you know, anytime that now we have a watering hole that say, if you come over to tape the road show, uh, we can, uh, you know, go get fresh frosty beverages uh, served to us, um, you know, by a, by a staff within a hundred feet. That is crazy, man. It's going to be a blessing. That is crazy. I'm looking forward to it. And I didn't even know it. It's not like I'm trying to find a place that has a bar right next door, but lo and behold, when I certainly found out that it was, I was even, I was even more excited and I didn't even look at the menu. And when you said, Oh my God, they got spam with soupies. I was like, shut up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, test my discipline and and not let myself go over there every night and have spam with soupies. Well, at least, uh, my Lord, I would. Once you get, (laughs) once you get moved in, we'll have to go, uh, we'll have to go christen the place with an episode of the road show, or at least, at least maybe just spend an afternoon just, uh, starting to make some relationships over there and uh, put in some work. That's it. All right. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, hopefully uh, the move will go smooth. I know you got that coming up over the holidays, and we'll keep everybody updated over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll just share a little bit from my own life. I uh, I got I got a little I got a little taste of the VIP life this past weekend, man. Yes, I got, you did. I, I got to go to my very first uh, Las Vegas Raiders game. So I, I did post a picture on social media, so a lot of people might have seen it. But uh, man, I uh, it was my first Raiders game, and I got to go as a personal guest of Bruce Buffer. And let me tell you something, when you go as a personal guest of Bruce Buffer, uh, you get that VIP royalty treatment, man. I, I, I think I'm ruined for life at, at Allegiant Stadium now because, yeah, right. listen, man, I, I met, I, you know, Buffer, he, he has a normal plus one. He's he's announced every single uh, Raiders game this season where he does an opening. It's, it's pretty cool. I got to see it up close Crazy. and personal. I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. That's he's, pretty cool. He's doing every single one of them. So he hit me up on Saturday and was like, hey, John, he's like my, my normal plus one. Uh, can't make it. Uh, she's got some uh, work activity she's got to do. She's like, would you want to tag along for the Raiders game? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I actually would. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, dude, it was it was VIP. You know, he likes to joke sometimes that he lives that that James Bond lifestyle, but I'm telling you, man, I, I drove over to the M. He, he was staying at the M. I drove over to the M, parked my car, met him in the lobby, and, uh, of course, you know, 
we, we get into the uh, we get into the private transportation. We get whisked away. Uh, you come to the the back gate of the stadium. We drive down the ramp underneath the stadium. Uh, there's there's staff there to meet us in a golf cart. That's like, oh, Mr. Buffer, and uh, and your name. Uh, I'm just I'm just this uh, scrub tag along. He was very nice. He was like, yeah, you know, this is hey, this is John Morgan. He's from USA Today. He's doing, I was like, man, I'm just here hanging out. So uh, whisked away into the uh, you know all the back corridors of the stadium, and they take us to the UNLV locker room, which ended up basically being like our private locker room while we were waiting for the opening. They had it catered in there with some, you know, beverages and snacks and everything ready to go. And then when it when it came time, they again, they're whisking us through all the back corridors. I'm getting to see all these parts of the stadium you'd never get to see otherwise. Take us up to that platform and 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 Buff's like, bro, come out here on the platform with me. I was like, I don't know if I'm actually supposed to be there, Bruce. He's like, come on out here, man. Come on out. So we're out on the platform where he's doing his announcing, and uh, it was pretty cool the way they do it. And obviously, you know, we, we know as MMA fans the Bruce Buffer style. He changes up the language a little bit, but he ends with it's time, you know, his, his, his big phrase. And it's pretty cool because, like, as soon as he hits it, like, the players are already on the field and, like, the lights pop up and then it's kickoff time. I mean, it's, like, seconds away, you know. So it's, like, a very cool Las Vegas way to uh, to start out the to start out the game. But, uh, you know, and then after that, you know, the staff takes us to the VIP club area of the thing, makes, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we're all okay. Like, I've never had staff come and check on me at a game to make sure I'm doing okay and if there's anything I need. But uh, – when you live that Bruce Buffer lifestyle, man, it's a, I don't know if I'm ever going back to Allegiant Stadium to be honest, man. I've had I've had the VIP experience, and it's it's all downhill from here. Yep. And, and dude, even when you we left, even when we left, we left. I don't know if you've ever seen this because uh, it, it's kind of a weird thing. Like they didn't build the stadium with much parking; they used the parking lots over at the strip. So I'm sure you've seen it, but if anybody hasn't, like you see these massive hordes of people, like shoulder to shoulder, like leaving at the same time and have to cross over this footbridge to get over to the other side of the highway where the parking lots are not us sir no 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 we just jumped in our private car came out the back entrance of the stadium from underneath and we were back at the hotel in like three minutes i'm like this is amazing you're gonna have to figure out who his uh plus one is his normal plus one and 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 off the off the girl <laughs> so that uh you can become his new plus one help him while he's grieving you know and say buff you know i'll help you out bro i can come to that game with you i'll 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 keep you keep you plied with alcohol. Let's do this. Oh man, I'll, I'll <laughs> sacrifice you. Boy, you sure seem to be using that off offing word a lot lately. What's up with that, man? <laughs> I, 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 after, after your incident with Sean, you gotta finish her off. <laughs> finish her off. Does that does that mean you're gonna rub her out? If you if you finish whoa, her off, hey, whoa! What is that? What is that? <laughs> you're you're the you guys are the perverts. Oh, uh, perverts! You got both every single one of you. So I'll ask when John before we started taping, and I I said the same scenario. I was like, all right, so imagine you're a hunter and you're out hunting, and you wound an animal, and the two the two, say there's two hunters out and they wound the animal, they walk up to it. What does the one hunter say to the other? And I finish him off. No, <laughs> I said, said shoot him. It off. I said shoot him again, and you said finish him <laughs> off. And I was like, I'm not about to reach down there and finish off this animal that's wounded. Like, You're so fucked up. Uh, yeah, that's all you guys. For anybody, every single one of you, you're all dirty birds. I was going to say, for, for anybody that doesn't know, we talked about it on the and a half episode, but also, of course, uh, the great Bohashinia Depot was uh, privy to your uh, comment to Sean Woodson as well, where after this fight last week. It's almost week, like he, it's almost 
it's like he was just fed the information. I didn't realize that he goes and pays attention to all these media day interviews, you know? Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know how far back you want to peel the curtain today. I don't think, I'm not I, going to. I don't Fuck think him. that pleased you too much to find out that, hey, I'm the one that gave it to the, Not me. There was somebody else in the media room that admitted yeah, yeah. I'm the one that gave it to Boston Depot. But for anybody that didn't see it, uh, of course, uh, Sean Woodson had that great finish with body shots. And Cole Coffey said, have you finished a guy off like that? before next time i'm just gonna make it more clear and just say have you jerked him off <laughs> did you ever jerk a guy <laughs> off you perverts <laughs> oh man a- amy amy kaplan about died when it happened she looked over and then afterwards she couldn't stop giggling i said stop it amy it's not that you know that's not what i meant she's like i don't know i don't know i was like i hate you uh, <laughs> i hate you media <laughs> it shall live in infamy all right listen uh media day was today you said usc fight night 198 is the card this weekend Vieira versus tate uh, a big fight in the women's bantamweight division with ketlin Vieira versus misha tate returning uh again this is a uh, i guess chapter number two of misha tate 2.0 uh, you know this card i, I i'm uh i this card doesn't have as many big fireworks as – I mean, I thought last week's card going into it, we just knew. Last week was fucking crazy. We just last knew it was, was going to be crazy. crazy. And it delivered. Yeah. I still think there's some good fights. I don't think we're in for quite as much of a treat as we had last week, but I still do think yeah. it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to it because I'll be watching from the audience, which will be a, a little bit different. I'm, I'm flying tomorrow uh, morning. The reason we're doing this early is I'm flying to uh, to Memphis and ultimately uh, driving from there to Tunica, Mississippi for uh, CFFC 103. And that's going to be Friday night, so that's on UFC Fight Pass. So make sure you tune in for that. And then uh, I'll fly back on Saturday morning, and I got a handful of the crew at CFFC with me, and we're gonna we're gonna watch the fights from inside the uh, arena, the Apex. I'm pretty excited about it. It's a uh, you should be ashamed to come in there as a spectator. Absolutely ashamed. not. Absolutely. The the, the, <laughs> the big question is just how sober I keep myself. It is. That's another one. You need to you need to watch yourself. I am gonna that watch is your myself. workplace. That I am gonna watch workplace. myself. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I am gonna have a few <laughs> frosty beverages, but I will remember that just because I'm off duty does not mean that I can just totally lose control. And- <laughs> yeah. Because they're going to see you like five days later or whatever. So you don't want to leave the, the lasting impression of what the fuck was that no, all about. You're 100% <laughs> right about that. And the other thing is it is actually uh, my wedding anniversary as well. And so my wife will be there with me. Uh, and so oh, well, she'll keep you in line. She is not always quite as entertained by my drunken hijinks <laughs> as some of my other friends seem to be. Uh, so I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about you anymore. If she's going to be there, I'm not too worried about you. You're fine. <laughs> she just, You'll be fine. She just gives me the look and lets me know that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm treading on thin ice and crossing a line. And, uh, that's when I grab a bottle of water and start settling down a little bit. So, uh, but I am looking forward to being in the apex as a fan. I haven't had a chance to, to be in there and just watch fights as a fan i'm always in there working and doing play-by-play and that sort of thing so uh I'm as you should and as you should be walking in there that's Jesus, it that's spectator. it i can't believe it all right listen uh <laughs> let's get to the main event uh i'll kind of break down what we think about the main event but first i thought it set up with a little bit of uh misha tate audio I had a little conversation with her again it is just hours after media day since we are doing this on a, a special wednesday night edition so before we break it down uh, let's hear a little bit uh, from Misha Tate. This is what Cupcake had to say at Media Day. Misha, I guess um, second fight of the comeback, right? So I just kind of wonder if this one feels different, right? Like, I mean, all a lot of the unknowns have been answered. You know, it's you know, it's kind of I guess routine again. So what's what's the feel like this time? I just feel like I'm carrying momentum from the last camp, where I was uh, having to 
start over essentially last fight. So I did answer a lot of those questions. I don't feel like, excuse me. I don't feel like I had ring rest. Uh, I don't feel like that was really a thing for me. So I don't anticipate that will feel much different this fight. I felt like I picked right up where I left off. Um, except now I just know I'm even better than I was then. Right. I mean, I was trying to come back from have, being a mother of two, um, to being a professional athlete again. Now I've hit that. I, I set the bar. Now I'm looking to raise the bar. Is there more like uh, I don't know if it'd be tension or whatever. Like last time it's like a retirement fight. Somebody's leaving. Now it's like a top contender who they were talking about titles not too long ago. You know, right, does this right. one, does this feel like a lot different? It's definitely different, but this is the proper progression, right? I mean, I had been retired and started a family and uh, I came in to fight Marion Renault, who I think was a great opponent, um, considering the circumstances, especially. Um, she brought a great fight, but I was really proud that I was able to finish her considering she had never been finished, right? That was, she didn't have a fantastic record, but nobody in the UFC was ever able to put her away. She was always... Um, in closely contested split decision fights. So I was happy to make that statement. That's what I'm looking to do again in this fight. People want to say, oh, you know, I think the division has passed her by. Well, Ketlin is the one to answer those questions. She is the new blood in this division. She is the one that they're talking about being a contender. And, you know, it's exciting for me to have a style matchup like this too, because Ketlin is somebody who will fight, who will engage, um, she's not elusive, you know, she's stand right there in the middle with you and throw. And I like that. Everybody knows that, like, I like that kind of a fight. It's my favorite because it brings out the very best in me when somebody's willing to engage with me. I mean, with the fight with Marion, I mean, I'm out there throwing these like nice straight one twos ready to land. And, and, you know, she's just looking to evade. That's not going to be the case with Ketlin. You know, yep. she's going to be trading with me. So I'm very excited for this fight. Uh, we know we had the rescheduling, of course, with COVID uh, causing delay. I guess how challenging was that to, I mean, have to, I guess, go through a sickness and then pick back up and change the timing of everything? I mean, how challenging has that been for you? Well, it was challenging at the time. It was very frustrating because I have never had to pull out of a UFC fight before or delay it. So I was really upset by that. And I was trying to do everything within my power to see if I could still show up on October 16th. But um, immediately after my quarantine, I tried to hit you know my strength and conditioning workout on par with where I needed to be. And I wasn't. And I just had to be honest with myself. And that's the perks of being a veteran is, look, um, you know, it, it wasn't the right time and it wasn't going to work out. And, and so we had to postpone it. Okay. So we're here four weeks later. It was that much more time for me to prepare. And I feel great now. So trust that if I didn't, you know, we wouldn't be having this fight. I feel like a million bucks. I was going to ask me, like, I guess, I don't know how much you'd be honest about it, but do you feel you're at a hundred percent right now or are there any kind of lasting effects? Oh, no, for sure. Because if, like I said, this, um, one thing that I've learned from chapter one to chapter two is that I have to do what is right and best for me. And if it wasn't, if I was having long haul issues from COVID, you know, then I would be honest about that and I would postpone a fight. But, um, I feel like because I did postpone it and I didn't try to fight on October 16th, I think if I had tried to fight October 16th, I might have been in a much worse position because I would have been pushing myself through COVID and not allowing my body to recover. But I gave myself ample time. I recovered. I let my lungs clear before I really started to push myself. And that was the, definitely the smartest decision.
Nice. Um, you mentioned a lot about Ketlin's style. I'm just curious about what you think. I mean, obviously, you've been an analyst in recent years. I mean, she's been somebody that was on the cusp of a title shot, but she's had a couple setbacks. So yep. um, when you talk about the proper progression, I mean, where do you see her? Do you see her as an elite level fighter? I think Ketlin is an elite level fighter, of course. I mean, she's she's ranked in the top 10 in the division. Um, lately, you're right, you know, we saw her lose to... Um, we saw her lose to Irene, right? She was upset then, almost a contender at that point. I think if she had won that, she would have been fighting for the belt next. Then she got a win over Sajara Eubanks. Um, it was a good win, but, you know, Sajara is a 125er in my opinion, so I don't consider it, the, like, you know, the most credible win. Um, and then she had a loss to Yana Kunitskaya. And um, that's kind of what I'm looking at her last three fights. She's well-rounded. She can do it all. She spends a good amount of time every fight on the feet. I know she's comfortable there, but she does look to get this to the ground. I mean, let's be honest, she's primarily a grappler. But when I look at her grappling anyways, I can't say that I've really seen anything that was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. She's slick. She's really good. You know, she's, yeah. I mean, she's a good fighter, but I, 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 tr I honestly think that I'm better on the ground. And I think that my wrestling is going to be plenty sharp enough to deal with any of her judo um, you know, fights don't have to be perfect. They just have to be one, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm going to do. So I expect to fight. I expect a war. I don't expect to win every second of this fight, but I do expect to get a finish. And I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people, um, in my striking as I continue to evolve there. This will be a, a fight where you would get to see my striking more than you did the last fight because of, like, again, that's the difference in style matchup. You beat her and finish it the way you see her. There's only a, a couple of names in front of her in the division, right? I mean, do you envision your next fight as being like a number one contender fight? And if so, is there a matchup that you think makes the most sense moving forward? Not necessarily. I think it really depends on this fight. I really want to get a finish. Um, I know every fight people will say they want to finish. And that's true. You want to finish every fight. But I feel like it's really imperative this fight because that's what will put me in title talks, right? So um, it's not that I won't be happy if I, if I got a decision win. Of course, a win is a win, but I really want that finish. Like, really want that because I want to be talked about being as the number one contender. And then whoever comes after this, you know, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that then. But first, I got to enjoy Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, last thing for me, I did want to ask you, um, obviously, there is a title fight coming up in the division. You, you know, you could be in that mix very soon. Um, what, what do you think about Juliana's chances against Amanda? I know it's a tough one, but, uh, I mean, do you like her, her chances in that fight? Yeah, of course I do. Uh, you know, Amanda's a tough one for anybody. I mean, she is the the Mount Everest of the division. She's the one that's everyone's like, can, can I do it? But I think if anybody can do it in the division right now, it's Julie. She definitely has the best case. I've trained with her. She is so tough. She's stupid tough. She doesn't go away. And you know, she has the ability to put this fight in places that we haven't really seen Amanda tested in years. We've seen what she can do to people who try to stand with her. Um, we haven't, as of late, seen what she will do when somebody tests her on the ground. And so Julie has the cardio to do that. She has the drive to do it. She has the tenacity. She has everything that it takes to put Amanda in uncomfortable positions. And Here's another thing. I think when you are the champion for a really long time and you've barely lost a second of a fight, 
what happens when you're, you know, underneath somebody that you're, you didn't think you would be for a few minutes or around or, you know, whatever, what happens in that mindset? I mean, these are the intangibles that people probably aren't taking into consideration that I do when I look at somebody like Julie fighting somebody like Amanda. All right, maybe a little bit of a biased analysis there on the uh, title fight. Uh, I think, yeah, obviously, we know she's a, a big supporter of Juliana Pena. I mean, listen, Juliana Pena does bring some things to the table that, that could make that fight exciting, but Amanda Nunes is an absolute killer. But at least we got that little insight. But uh, listen, once again, cold coffee. I just, you know, sitting there talking to Misha today and, and seeing her with Johnny Nunez. And I mean, I, I don't know, man. She just looks to be in such a, a peaceful, happy uh, fantastic place in her career right now, man. I just, I, A, I'm happy for her because, you know, we, we watched firsthand as she kind of dealt with some struggles over the years. But, B, I mean, you know, she physically looks good, mentally seems good. Uh, another one or two wins, and she realistically can be talking about a title shot. Yeah, she really can. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's something different about her, men her, her, her mentality right now. I think it's just the – it's not even a confidence thing. It's just uh, such a um, – she's just sure of herself more so than ever before. She knows what she's doing. She knows her place. She knows uh, – you know, it's like the, the she's so in tune with, like, her – what she is mm -hmm. as a mother, as a fighter. Um, she's always been smart. She's always been well-spoken. Every time she's always been on the mic, it's always been a, a pleasure listening to her. Um, the way that she breaks da things down, you could just sort of see uh, – uh, into her mind and how well she sees things through. Um, but yeah, there's something, there's something about her now that, um, and I don't know if it's from bringing life into this world, you know, to, uh, having, you know, dealt with all the, the ups and downs of her career before to what it is now. But, um, you just, I mean, it's hard to not, uh, get behind everything that she says because, you know, she believes it so wholeheartedly that it's hard to not just be like, okay, well, she's so sure of it. Why, how, why am I going to doubt it? You know, I think this is a really, really tough task ahead of her. I did pick Misha, I believe in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's nothing against Ketlin. I think it was just the last time that we saw Misha fight. It was such a dominating performance that I was just like, wow, you know, like, I don't know. It was, um, not, I think if that would have been more of one of the ones of where if we had questions to see how was how well was she back, you mm -hmm. know. Um, Renault was a very, very tough fighter, and she just fucking manhandled her and uh, or woman handled her. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was really, really impressive. And after that, I was just like, man, if she keeps going like this and she says the right things and she comes in looking good, um, you know, I, I just don't have a reason to doubt her. And I mean, she looks as fit as she's ever been. Yes. Um, she, I think she came in, she was munching on something, you know, whereas a lot of times we'll see other fighters and the last thing they want to do is put anything near their mouth. I think she's got her body so in tune that she's able to eat through this whole process and still be trending down, mm -hmm. you know, the final thing. So that just shows me that she's, she's doing everything right, uh, that she needs to right now and that she's just coming to another level. But man, uh, Cupcake looks good, man. I think that fight's going to be uh, incredible. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we uh, if we see. I'm if I had to pick, I wouldn't just say uh, uh, 
a decision. I, I'm going to give Misha the win by submission. Interesting. Yeah, I listen, so I took Misha as well, and, and I agree with you. All, everything you said there is spot on, and it's why I took her. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I sized the matchup up in my head, you know, I think about Misha being a little bit quicker, a little bit more athletic. You know, yeah. Viera, I, I think, is more of – and, and I, I hate to use this word because it sounds so negative, but like plotting, you know what I mean? Just kind of like power, move forward That's in it, your face. That's it, because she's so powerful. Yeah. She's so powerful. She sets her feet really, really well, and then she throws those big bombs. You're right. So it does look like she's more plotting. And I, and I, sure. I hate that because it sounds like – I don't know. In my head, that sounds super negative. But it just – I feel like Misha's going to be able to move a little better. Now, here's – so that's what I thought about when I looked at the styles. Now, I'm, I'm not a huge statistics guy when it comes to fighting. I mean, you know, I think the numbers are beneficial. But obviously, you know, a fight's a fight, right? Anything can happen. But, yeah. man, here's one that did stand out to me. Uh, Misha Tate's takedown accuracy rate is 26%, which is a lot lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. Ketlin Vieira's takedown defense rate is 92.9%, which is a lot wow. higher than I thought it would be. Now, I don't yeah. I, I don't think she's faced a, a t- it's not like she's, you know, fought a, you know, Habib or something and had to fend off like 15 takedowns in a fight or something, but I don't know, that when I, that number right there kind of scares me a little bit because not to say that Misha can't handle this on the feet because I think she can, um, but I think she definitely puts herself at risk there. You know, in my head, I thought that Misha would be able to get on top of Ketlin and, and, and do some damage there. And when I see that, um, it concerns me a little bit, but I'm still sticking with my Misha pick. Yeah, I mean, when you think about when I'm just going back and look at the list of people that she's fought, Sarah McMahon is one of the people that she's fought. And if you're telling me that her defense is 98%, that means Sarah McMahon wasn't getting her down. Sir McMahon is a fantastic wrestler. Uh, if she couldn't get her down, that's saying something. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that makes me go into question the whole submission. <laughs> thing. She got to be able to get her down to uh, to get a submission. But uh, I'm still I'm still confident that uh, Misha can get it done because she's super smart. Um, she's I think she's crafty. Uh, I think she just has to get in close. She has to get in past those big strikes. But we've all seen that Misha could take a punch as well. Misha's about as tough as anybody out there. Um, so I'm still pretty confident, but that does give you something to question um, because, man, I, I would have not picked or, or I would have not thought that that number um, takedown defense would have been so high as well. I mean, that's pretty much you're not getting taken down. Um, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. That's, that's pretty – I mean, again, I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm not a big stats person. Right. So I'm not like if we – say if we pull out a random five people and then four of those have a 90% <laughs> takedown defense because they've only ever had one person shoot on them. You know, maybe stats are maybe not everything that we give them to. But, um, you know, she's fought some decent people. Um, Sarah McMahon, Kat Zinganu. You know, Sarge, if those people aren't getting her down, you know, that's saying something, man. Yeah. Um, that really, really is. I'm, 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 I'm interested to see how that all plays out. I mean, we know Ketlin Vieira does have great clinch work, judo, that sort of thing. Um, but I just didn't realize that her takedown defense was that sound. So, um, you know, yeah. I guess, you know, maybe it's a situation where Misha does find herself on her back and she has to scramble from there, which she's certainly capable of doing. But I don't know. In my head, I just thought uh, I thought we'd see Misha enjoying some top position time. So um, it does cause me to give it a little bit of pause. Um, listen, it's a it's it's a big fight in the division. Uh, Misha, you know, I, I, I don't think that, you know, it's a number one contender fight for her. It's certainly not a number one contender fight for Ketlin Vieira. Um, but it does, you know, beg in whether or not she keeps that, 
that relevancy at the top of the division. You know what? There was a time where we thought she was going to be a title contender, and then she lost to Irina Aldana. Uh, she's one and two in her last three. She's had a ton of rescheduling. So it's a very meaningful fight. I don't think it's a number one contender fight, but it's it's a very meaningful fight. So uh, we'll see sure. how that one plays out. The co-main event, I got to admit, I am absolutely intrigued by. I am absolutely um, – you're not biased at all uh, well, in this fight. I, I don't. It's not like you're a homer, for, but I think you just you're just like these are just two quality, quality. But people. I, yeah, well, I'm, I'm th well. That's the problem is I'm homer in both ways. You know what I mean? This is <laughs> yeah. this is the hard part. So uh, obviously Sean Brady, a former CFFC champion. Uh, so obviously I got love for anybody that came from the CFFC. Um, and 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 so and, and I just I, I like the guy. He's a good dude. But you know. Kiesa, man, that, we go way back, you know what I'm saying? I've always been a big fan yeah. of Kiesa. We've done some broadcast work together, and uh, he's just always been kind of a good friend over the years. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm torn on this one, but I think it's such a damn good fight. Uh, and, and I'm just absolutely uh, – it just sucks to even have to break it down and pick it. But uh, let's do this. Let's, let's start uh, by hearing a little bit from Sean Brady because, um, you know, I, I don't know how much he's on everybody's radar or how much everybody realizes what he went through during this past year, um, but it's a serious one. So here's, here's Sean Brady. Sean, I mean, uh, I guess, like, every fight, the next fight is the biggest fight, right? I mean, that's the way the career goes. But, I mean, does this feel like a, like a big moment in your career? Uh, yeah, it definitely does, especially not being here for a little bit, you know, um, having two fights fall off and then that injury I had. So I'm just super happy to be here. I'm cutting weight and everything always sucks, but I'm enjoying every single part of this. You know, my entire training camp, I enjoyed every single session, everything about it, every run. Um, I was just super grateful to be back. You know, there was a point I was in the hospital. I couldn't walk and I, I thought I was going to lose my foot and, um, me, my fiance, my my mom, we were we were pretty scared, but luckily everything worked out, and I'm just super fortunate to be here, and I'm excited. So obviously that infection was crazy. So I mean, I mean, you thought you were going to lose the fight. So was there a moment that you accepted that like my fighting career is over, and maybe even think more than that? Like I mean, that changes your entire life, right? Yeah. Well, at that point, I mean, I was honestly like, fuck the fight, like fuck fighting. I'm going to lose my foot. I'm never going to be able to walk. I literally couldn't get out. I was in the hospital for a week. Every time I would stand up, the pain I would feel, it was excruciating. I, I literally couldn't walk. So I was more concerned about that, you know, but then obviously like I'm just laying there and I'm already someone who's super grateful for what I do. And I'm just like, man, like, I just can't wait to get back in the gym. Like, all I want to do is train. All I want to do is run. Like, so, and then even for a little bit after that, I had a pick line in my arm. So it took me a little, like, I wasn't allowed to do too much, but I had an air dine in my bike. And like, when my, when my fiance wasn't home, I was crushing workouts on it. Cause I wasn't supposed to be sweating or anything. And I was like, fuck it. Like I got to work out. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm, I'm happy to be here. So it was only when she wasn't home because she wouldn't let you exercise. Eventually right? she, she couldn't do anything about it. She would come down and I'd be on the bike and she just was like, she would just shrug her shoulders and be like, she knows how I am. I'm, I'm crazy. So she, she accepts it. Yeah. I, I guess at the risk of sounding cheesy or whatever, I mean, has that made like the hard sessions, like not harding? Like, I mean, do you have like a newfound appreciation for the fact that you're mean, able to do it? I would say, yeah, but I've always just appreciated it. And I will say like being like getting closer to the fight, cutting weight, like I would always be miserable doing that. And now I just enjoy it. You know, even like before that, I'm like, man, I, I have the best job in the world. 
I got to cut a little bit of weight. I got to be a little grump, but I eat pretty, I eat clean all year round. So my weight cuts aren't too crazy. So, um, I'm just enjoying it all, man. I'm, I'm super grateful and I enjoy everything about it. That's awesome. All right. So the matchup with Kiesa, I mean, I know what a, what a fight fan you are. I mean, is this a guy that you enjoyed watching competing? Yeah. I've been watching Kiesa for forever, you know, so, uh, it's super cool to be able to be here and know I'm going to fight him. And, uh, I'm super excited to show my skills versus his. Is it a guy that you thought about fighting in the past? Like, did you ever, you know, kind of think, oh, how would I match up with that guy and that sort of thing? Once he moved up to 170 and I seen um, after he beat Neil and he beat RDA, I'm like, damn, he's going to be a player at 170. Uh, this is definitely a guy I would like to test myself. And after I fought Jake, I was asking for the fight, but he was on a nice run. So I knew realistically I wasn't going to get it. But then when he lost to Luke, I'm like, all right, it's a possibility. And when they came with it, with the name, we were all over it. What, what do you make of him that that last uh, setback? Right, I mean, here he is a stud grappler, and he gets caught like in a quick exchange. I mean, what did you what did you take out of that? I, it's it's a crazy sport, man. You can go from being on top, and then one second later, you're you're caught in a submission. So, I just got to know that I have to I have to be super present for 15 minutes, and this is my fight to win. Nice. The, the hype has been building behind you for a long time, and I know you're, you're used to it, but have you started to think about it? I know you can't get ahead of this fight, but, I mean, you beat Michael Chiesa. Like, there's only a handful of names up there at the top, right? I mean, have you started thinking about what comes next? Not really. I mean, I see there's all kinds of names that people are super hype about in the welterweight division right now that I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show who I am on Saturday night. And then I'll let everybody do the talking for me. Well, you know, the one name that's going to get thrown out there is Hamzat, right? I mean, uh, he hasn't got a matchup yet. I mean, is that a fight that you feel like the UFC is going to try to make? Or do you think it's one that maybe should wait a little while, right? You got two undefeated guys. Maybe it would yeah. mean a little more down the road. What do, you, what do you think? I mean, they can let us peak or they can let us crash into each other whenever they want. So um, I'm not scared of anybody. You know, he's good, but... I'm fucking good. So uh, I, I'm a, I'll fight anybody in this division. I got I got business to handle Saturday night, and then we'll take care of that later. Nice. All right, last thing for me, I do want to ask, like you said, you got to be present for 15 minutes. So what kind of fight do you think we see? I mean, you guys are two stud grapplers. Is this going to be like a great one for the for the grappling dorks out there, or is this going to be like two grapplers that just end up banging it out because the grappling cancels out? Man, I uh, I don't know. I, I think I got really good striking, and I'm excited to show that striking, but we're definitely going to get into some grappling exchanges, and I'm going to come out on top. All right, so Sean Brady, the undefeated prospect, former CFFC champ. Um, but, man, you know, when you hear that, I don't think a lot of people realize how bad that infection was. When you hear that, you know, it's not that I was thinking about, oh, you know, when am I going to fight again? I'm thinking about, like, am I going to lose my foot and never be able to yeah. walk again? Am I going to walk again? Oh, my Oof. God. I can't imagine that, man. That is absolutely insane. I saw the the, the infection when it happened. Obviously, you know, close with all the CFFC people, and the, the picture kind of made its rounds, and I was just like, dude, what am I even looking at right now? Like, I just didn't understand, like, what was going on. And, uh, man, I'm just I'm, – I'm happy to hear that he made it because I cannot imagine being – can you imagine an undefeated stud athlete just breaking into his prime, you know, about to really start to cash in on the investment of all the years of work and all that, and then to have it all taken away from you. And then not only that, but the, the, of not ever being able to walk normally again and having to learn all that. I mean, can you imagine how tragic that would have been? That's literally – I mean, that's – two ends of the spectrum you got a guy that's physically on the highest end of the spectrum and then to possibly get to the point of where you can't walk unassisted is crazy is crazy you know let alone you know if it could have been worse but uh 
Man, that's something. Uh, that is something. But uh, yeah, I love I love his perseverance, man. Um, kid's a stud, man. Um, yeah, he really is. He really is. And uh, yeah, you know, listen, I, I did. Uh, I will say, I did kind of have to throw out the Hamzat name. I, I kind of hate doing that sometimes when you're like, because I, I, I never want it to be like, hey, I'm trying to take away from your shine by just dropping this name over there. But man, that's a very real possibility. Like kind of these two undefeated and, yeah. guys coming up, man. I mean, I could see. And it makes more sense than a lot of people rushing. I mean, everybody just says, oh, Hamzat title, Hamzat title. How about fighting the other fucking young little studs that are, are going there too to prove that you are the guy that should get that instead of just being the name that everybody's throwing out there. Um, I think, uh, I know Brady, you like Brady. That's good. That's a tough fucking matchup. Oh, that tough. is a tough, tough. matchup. Uh, but that being said, that makes more sense to me, to me, as opposed to everybody just rushing to say that Hamzat needs to be the title, the next title shot. I'm just like, come on, yeah. like that. Uh, I, I get it. They want to rush him up, and the kid is a stud. But man, give him at least feel good about the fact that you've actually given him some some fights uh, to prove that he's up there instead of just giving him one here and one there and be like, okay, it was so impressive. We're gonna give him a title shot. He got like here. This guy's undefeated as well, and he's been putting on a, a great show. Why doesn't he get it? Oh, just because he doesn't have the everybody's favor right now, you know. But that to me makes sense as a great fight. Um, as he said too. I mean, do you do you kind of kill the shine of two two up and coming right. kids right now, right. or uh, do you make one wait? But then you know, then you start getting the whole. Well, is he ranked high enough to t- to take my shine? You know, blah 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 blah. But um, to me, it makes more sense to have these two guys that are working to be at the very top, to be the title contender, fighting it out to be the contender, instead of just skipping everybody and just saying, oh, well, you're the hot item right now. We're going to make you be the number one contender just because I like I like your your personality. Yeah. You know, I, 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 look, and you smash guys. <laughs> I think we'll see. But him. he does smash dudes. He does smash dudes. There's no question <laughs> about that. Like, I, I think we'll see him fight at some point. I mean, I, I see the value of it being like now if, if, if Brady wins, but I also see the value of, you know, pushing it down the line a little bit making it mean a little bit more you know not necessarily ruining somebody's undefeated record unless it's for a title or a number one contender spot or something like that so so we'll see but um, say but say they even fight and, the, and say say they put that fight together do you think he really loses any shine if he loses to hamzat no. i don't think anybody loses shine right now i think right now that he's like the hottest ticket right now and i get get it that everybody's trying to i wouldn't feel bad for anybody that does i mean it's not like they lose anything because they're at, they're fighting a guy that uh, you know, for all you know, things looking at it, he's going to be a champion at some point. Yeah. He's going to be a champion. I'm confident enough to say when you see what his skills, his skill sets, he will be a champion. But nobody's going to be losing any shine if they if they fight him, lose it. Do you lose the 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 zero? Yes, but the UFC doesn't seem to care about that, anyways. True. You know, it's it's more about your recent, your more recent performance as opposed to what you fought up to this point. The good thing about Brady, though, is I mean, he's been putting on some really good, you know, work in the UFC. His all the zeros aren't from just out of the, you know, out of the UFC. He's putting in good work. He's got one, two, three, four, four wins in the UFC. Man, that's solid. You know, so. Uh, yeah, who knows? But I, I just don't feel I don't feel like he would lose his shine if he did, if they did put that fight together. because um, it would just depend on how, how bad he looked in it. I mean <laughs> I think I think if I'm not saying that he you know, you I know, know what I'm saying? saying. Like it just depends saying. on how the fight plays out. I yeah. mean, like if it's over in thirty seconds, eh, maybe it doesn't <laughs> look so good. 
But if you actually push him to the edge, you know, and say you got that loss, I don't think anybody's going to think anything less about you. If anything else, they might be like, wow, where was this guy at? You know, why haven't we been talking about him, you yeah. know? Well, listen, he's got a big test ahead of him now, so we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Michael Chiesa, obviously a, a stud as well. You know, had to slip up back in, in August, um, but certainly still a very dangerous guy. And this is, you know, the sternest test of Brady's career thus far. Uh, let's let's yep. hear from uh, let's hear from Chiesa as well. Chiesa is always a, a fantastic interview. Uh, he's just so uh, open and honest. And, uh, man, I just always enjoy talking to him. So here is uh, Michael Chiesa. Like, obviously, uh, last time we saw you, a frustrating one for you, right? A very kind of emotional night for you, I guess. Um, what were the steps to kind of moving past that and, and, and just getting back to business? Uh, it was pretty simple. The steps to, to getting that behind me was just booking another fight. You know, this, the moment I walked out of the octagon after the Luke fight, uh, I saw Danny, my manager, and was like, I got to get back in there as soon as possible. Um, you know, you learn from your losses, but you definitely don't want to marinate in them for too long. So I just told him, you know, let's get a fight in December. And then uh, they gave me November. So I was like, sweet, that's perfect. So super excited about uh, completing the trifecta. You know, I fought in Abu Dhabi. I got a fight in a packed arena. And now I'm here at Apex. So I can say that I did the full trifecta in a calendar year. So pretty excited about this opportunity. That's awesome. I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. So uh, you wanted to get a fight. They give you the the young, undefeated stud, up-and-coming prospect, right? Did you see that coming, that that was what they were going to hand you? I didn't even really care, honestly. I was just so anxious to get back in there and compete. So when they said Sean Brady, there was no hesitation. And it's nice because I've worked the desk for a few of his fights, so I kind of already had the drop on him. You know, I'm pretty well aware of of who he was prior to him getting in the UFC. Uh, my teammate Tyler McGuire almost fought him. So, um, you know, we, we kind of already game-planned for Tyler to fight him a while ago. And that fight never came to fruition. So it didn't matter who it was that they called me with um, headed into this fight. But Sean Brady was the guy. So that's the matchup. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think he's a tough kid. You know, you look at these guys coming up at welterweight. You got everybody talks about Hamzat Chemaev. No one's really talking about Sean Brady. No one's really talking about Shavkat Rachmanov, these tough up-and-coming guys. You know, I feel like you got to include all three of them in this conversation. So it's, um, I'm excited I get one of these tough up-and-coming prospects. I want to give him a shot because I want to still prove that I'm still that guy. That's cool. I know look, what a fight fan you are in addition to just being an analyst. So, I mean, I don't want to say would you say you're a fan of this guy, but, I mean, have you liked what you've seen out of him coming oh, up? Oh, dude, 100%. When he hit that one-arm guillotine uh, over, I think it was Aguilera is his last name. I, I almost said Christina Aguilera. Totally <laughs> would have watched that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was working the desk that fight. That's impressive. You know, one arm submission, something I know something about. So, um, yeah, it was really cool to, to see him go out there and get that win. And I like the challenges that he presents. It's it's a way for me to kind of right that wrong. I made one tactical error against Vicente Luque. And now it's like, you know, once they gave me the Sean Brady fight, I'm like, this is perfect. This guy's a great grappler and I can right that wrong by going out there and beating him. So I'm really looking forward to kind of hitting two birds with one stone, getting a win and uh, just erasing the bad taste in my mouth from that last loss. I guess you never know until you get out there, right? But, like, the, the grappling fan in me is hoping that you two guys go out there and put on some insane grappling clinic. But often when we see grapplers, right, they cancel each other out, they end up striking. So do you anticipate one over the other? Uh, you know, I think that at some point there will be some grappling exchanges. But, uh, you know, I've been in the UFC for almost 10 years, and I haven't displayed my full set of skills. So don't be surprised if you hit the nail on the head and we cancel each other out and things take place on the feet. I think a lot of people will be surprised with what I'm capable in terms of my striking. It's just when, when plan A is grappling and I don't have to deviate from that and it's working, what's the point, you know? But yeah, I know he's a tough guy. I know he's well-rounded, but I, I think this has the potential to be a full display of mixed martial arts between both of us. And it, it sounds like you're excited about fighting the apex. I did wonder kind of what the emotions are like, right? Cause you come in here as like in, in work, like office job, like sit at a desk. So like, is there going to be like a different feel? Is it, is it a bad thing or a good thing that you, maybe you're so comfortable with the environment? 
You know, I haven't even really thought about that. The way I perceive the apex is I feel like I'm, I'm going back to my ultimate fighter days. I look at this like I'm going back to the tough gym and look at the run I put together at the tough gym, you know, four tough fights before I fought the finale, you know, and, uh, so that's the way I look at this. I'm not looking at this like, oh, I'm walking in the office to actually get in a fist fight. I'm looking at this like this is a throwback to the Ultimate Fighter days. I'm going into the small octagon and the small venue with the small crowd to go out there and fight in a big fight. So while it has that tough environment feel for me, it still has that big fight feeling that I'm going in there to fight a tough up-and-coming prospect. So we saw how I did. We, we all know how I did on the Ultimate Fighter. So I feel like that this plays into to my advantage being here at the Apex. That's awesome. Last thing for me, obviously the goal is to pick up a victory, but I wonder like, what's the, what's the overarching thing? Is it, you know, just to get the last one out of, you know, get that feeling away or is it to prove like, Hey, I had a little slip up, but I'm still a contender. I, I, you still need to be talking about me in that mix. You hit the nail on the head. I just want to prove I'm still that guy. And there's no better way doing that than to fight a tough up and coming undefeated prospect that everybody's super high on as they should be. I mean, look at his, 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 his line of work has been great. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's undefeated in his career. The place he cut his teeth in CFFC, I mean, that, that's a tough proving ground for an up-and-coming fighter. So I know what he's capable of. I know what he brings to the table. And this, he ain't, you know, this ain't no pushover. He's a tough kid, but I've got to prove I'm still the guy. And I know I am the guy. And I know I'm going to get my hand raised. And I'm super excited to get out there and compete. I think the important follow-up, did you see that Venator signed a deal with UFC Fight Pass? Maybe you have a message for Uncle Frank? Hey, Uncle Frank, you got to bring back Law & Order. You got to bring back me and J-Mo, dude. Come on. We killed it. I'm only getting better. So is John. We're getting our reps now that Venator FC is on Fight Pass, which let me tell you something. For people that don't know, the card that me and John called in Italy, Jack Hermanson and Marvin Vittori were on the undercard. And look at where they've become now. And I think that, you know, I think it would just be – I think it's a good fit for you and me to be be back at the desk calling some fights in Italy. <laughs> Let's go. Law and order. <laughs> Peace out, guys. Obviously, the most uh, important part of that interview, of course, is the plug for Venator. Uh, you know, you got Liz. Hey. You were just waiting to tee that out. You were just waiting the whole time. You're like, is everybody done? Is everybody done? <laughs> I, I'll wait till everybody's done. I'm going to wait till everybody's done. I'm telling you, man. I, of course. Of, of course. I love me some CFFC. That is my broadcasting home right now. But going back to Italy wouldn't suck. I'll just say that, man. It's, it's yes. not a bad place to call some fights. But no, listen, uh, as I said, Kiesa, man, I just always think he's such a great uh, interview because he does keep it real. And, you know, I, I liked him talking about the frustration and the disappointment and what it takes to move past it and, and uh, you know, and having a lot of respect. I think it's so cool that both these guys, these two guys, um, like, I, I mean, I think it's probably pretty obvious, but if it's not, these two guys are some of the biggest, like, fight fans as well. Like, these are two of the guys that watch, like, every single fight every week. Weekend. And so they both know each other very well, and they both have a lot of respect for each other. You know, it's a lot. It's funny how I mean, it, it makes sense. I think in a lot of ways, like there's a lot of fighters that don't watch fighting in their off time because I think they just want to get their mind off of it, and they don't want to be stressed by it, and they want to think about something else. These two dudes literally watch every fight every weekend, so uh, I, I think it's cool to see the respect they have for each other. And uh, I'm gonna say, look, my staff picks. Uh, it was a tough one, man. I did go. I did pick Kiesa because I feel like, you know, again, we've worked together. We've known each other for a long time. I feel like it, I, literally like that's how it's like. So if you're looking at staff picks and you're thinking, I wonder what John's analysis of how this matchup would play out is, that's not what you got at all. I was just like, I can't betray my man Kiesa, dude. I've been rolling with him this whole time. So I love the new guy in Brady, but uh, my staff pick is, is Michael Kiesa. But if you're looking at it, uh, just know 
it is an incredibly biased pick. <laughs> well, I am not as biased as you, but uh, I did pick I did pick Kiesa as well. Um, when it just comes down to his his jujitsu, his ground game, when he gets when he gets in those just grungy matches where they're they're beaten up and they're bloody and they're sweaty and they're they're getting hands on each other, he's just he finds a way to get a win and uh, and he's just really long, long legs, long arms. Uh, I just feel like he's going to be too much if they get if it gets into a grappling match. Even though Brady's got good jujitsu as well, and he's got uh, you know a handful of uh, submission victories as well. In fact, I think two of the last three or something along those lines, whatever. Uh, it's not like he's a slouch by any means, but uh, Michael's got decent striking. Um, he's got better endurance and better, you know, toughness than I would say his overall striking game. But um, it's enough to where you can get in there. And if he gets a hold of him and he and he starts to lay hands on him, um, you know, kind of peppers him up a little bit and then gets in there and is able to work his ground game and, and get uh, a submission in there, I think he's going to get the submission. So that's kind of where I'm leaning as well. So your staff pick is not wrong. Um, in fact, I think your staff pick is right. So, uh, don't feel, uh, that you're, you're being biased, that you're, that you're doing whatever, because I, I kind of agree with you. Uh, I think Michael Chiesa is going to get it done. All right. Well, listen, it is a uh, fantastic fight. So we'll see how it plays out. I'll just be honest with you. I'm going to be sad for whoever loses. I'm going to be happy for whoever wins. And, uh, I'm excited to be watching. It is, I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Cause remember I'm going with the CFFC crew. So I'm going to be sitting with a bunch of CFFC people that are just going to be going nuts for Sean Brady. So I think I might have to just like get up and excuse myself for a second and just move over to a different section or whatever so I can just be Switzerland right down the middle and not be in the middle of the big uh, Sean Brady cheering section? I mean, I think you could still be there. I mean, you don't have to, like, just be like – it's not they're going to look at you and be like, why aren't you clapping and cheering, bro? <laughs> like, I think if you're there just smart to sm- – you know, even if you're just clapping because the fight was good or whatever, I mean, I think it's fine. I don't think you need to run away. I mean um, – well, first, check in with Danielle and see what she says you should be doing, and then and then you can go from there. <laughs> All right. You might have to sit by her just so you calm down and don't drink as much. She might put you in the corner and be like, John, you sit right here. <laughs> Would that be funny if, like, by the time the co-main happens, like, we're, I, I'm already gone from the apex because she's kicked me out because she's like, <laughs> you, you, you you've had far too much to drink and you need to leave at this point. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. If you don't see me on screen, you know what happened, and we'll talk about it on the and a half version. Yeah, by the way, I'll just throw that now I think what uh, it is my, like I said it is my anniversary so uh, my wife and I are, I think we're gonna go have a nice dinner after the fights and, and go spend the evening together so well, then uh, you better stay sober then you better stay sober if you have to go out afterwards oh you better you better you're gonna be in trouble you're gonna be in trouble uh, so if, if, if everybody over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow can give me that brief understanding uh, I'll get together on Sunday to do the uh, and a half episode so it'll be a little bit later than normal Normal, but understand it is with uh, good reason because I will be uh, again uh, celebrating the the anniversary. So uh, listen, a couple other highlights of the card: uh, Kyung Hyo Kang and Hani Yaya will be facing off. Remember, this is that rescheduled matchup they were supposed to fight in July. Uh, Yaya tested positive for COVID nineteen on the day of the fight. Um, listen, uh, interesting character, man. Hani is, is always uh, an interesting interview. But uh, and I saw you uh, kind of shaking your head as well. But um, I thought he gave such a great quote today 
when he was, you know, talking about his career and what it means. And, and, and the quote basically boiled down to, he's like, the best moments of my life have been in the octagon and the worst moments of my life have been in the octagon. And I was That was the like, most powerful thing he oh. said all day. When, when he said that, I, I think that was probably the best quote anybody said mm-hmm. the whole day. Like, after he said that, I was just like, wow, that was powerful. It was very, very powerful. It really was powerful. And I thought it summed it up so well. I mean, we, you know, we kind of say it in, in the, you know, it's the old cliche, it's the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. But, lowest of lows. But it literally really is. And when he said that, man, you know, because he just talked about, you know, like, hey, I know I can't fight forever, but I'm getting so comfortable in the octagon. And he's always said that. And, you know, like a lot of it's look, it's a little bit scary in there. You know what I mean? It takes you a while to get comfortable in there. He's like, I'm older now, but I'm finally comfortable in there. But I thought that was so powerful. The greatest moments of my life have happened in the octagon and the, and the lowest, worst moments of my life have happened in the octagon as well. I just I thought that was powerful. Um, Tyler Santos versus Joanne Wood. Obviously not Calderwood anymore. She has the official uh, name change. I do wonder if maybe she'll have like Buffer, like, like Calder will be her nickname, so it will still be Joanne Calder. <laughs> Would, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting to talk to her. Obviously, how can you not be a fan of JoJo? I mean, she's always been so fun, and, and you know, she's got yeah. the cute little voice and the accent, and she's got the fun fighting style. Um, but it was interesting to hear her talk about, you know, the fact, and again, she's so dead set honest that, um, you know, taking this matchup, like, she's kind of disappointed because she thought she was going to get to fight Alexa Grasso. That was going to be an absolute banger between two strikers. Now she, with Tyler Santos, you've got to assume Santos is going to want to take her down. I mean, she even said, she's like, look, she just fought my teammate, Roxanne Motoferi. Roxanne is a, a grappler, and Santos spent the whole time trying to take her down. I'm a striker. What do you think she's going to do with me, you know? So she knows it's probably going to be kind of a, a, a gritty fight, um, but she took it anyway, and – I mean, she took it while she was getting married in the middle of camp, which I thought was uh, amazing. I mean, she got married three weeks ago, and so I did kind of wonder, like, kind of where her mindset was and had she been distracted, was it stressful, and uh, she did address it. She's like, look, I, I hired a wedding planner to take care of everything for me, so, like, it wasn't stressful at all. Like, we just, you know, she just basically asked me for some money every now and then, and, and you know, and, and that's what we did. So, um, I, you know, I think I saw some people online that are like, man, you know, how focused could she be if she's, you know, getting married and, and planning a wedding? And that wasn't the concern I had because I know that she could balance both. But I just thought the stress levels would be through the roof. But she said, no, 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 that wasn't stressful at all, and it was good, and, and I'm ready to go. But it's a tough fight for her, and I, and I, I appreciate her recognizing that and saying, like, look, this is going to be – a little bit of a grind because I think I think this is a tough matchup for her. So to take this as a as a late replacement, man, you got to give her some credit. Yeah, I mean, if anything, maybe the the late replacement. We've heard from certain fighters where the late replacement has been sort of preferred because you don't have to put too much thought into it. You know, it's just they're just going with the flow. She's already in shape. You know, she's been working out. Um, even for her wedding, she said she wasn't like drinking and and doing anything crazy. So. You know, she stayed in shape for that, so that wasn't a big worry for her. Um, you know, um, this fight is is it's uh, it's tough because um, this is one of those ones where if she does lose, you do sort of fall back a decent little mm-hmm. bit. Whereas, um, you know, that's not what she wants to do. And you, and you know, to take a short notice fight, you almost wish that there weren't going to have the same sort of repercussions with it. You know. Um, this is one of those ones. If she does, I mean, she she does fall back. And then we we've seen recently now, you know, fighters that uh, are getting letting well, maybe not let getting let go, but letting them fight out their contract. Right. No renewal. No renewals. You know. And so this is like one of those ones where it's like, all right, you're taking the late notice. You want to fight, but it's also one of those fights where you know if you you take this loss, I mean, you're gonna you you sort of drop any sort of momentum that you've had and. 
you know, she had a loss against Lauren Murphy. Everybody understands Lauren Murphy's super, super tough. I mean, uh, you know, she's, uh, you know, probably one of these ones that, you know, everybody is, is like, or if there's going to be somebody that would possibly have given a hard time for the champ, that was it. We saw that that's not the case. But still, uh, this is a tough one. This is this is a fight where if she wins or lose, you know, this we could be seeing nearing the end of JoJo. Um, and, and as much as I like JoJo and like seeing her around, you know, having, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, her last five fights, she's lost three of those fights. Yeah. If she lose another one, we're seeing fighters getting let go on wins um, recently. And she's about that activity level that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, after this, that this could be one of the ones that we maybe don't see JoJo afterwards. And oh. I hate it being a last, sh- uh, uh, you know, a short notice fight where um, she doesn't have a lot to gain out of this, you know, at all. If she beats her, people can just be like, oh, okay, well, it was a short notice fight, you know, blah, 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 you know. I don't know. I don't know. I hope JoJo wins. I, I mean, because like you said, everybody loves seeing JoJo on, on fight weeks. You know, JoJo's fun to be around. I love her accent. I love imitating her accent, which I do so poorly. Um, <laughs> but this is this is, this is is a tough one, and she's got a really, really tough one in front of her. Um, I like how JoJo will, likes to stand in there and, and throw hands and do that sort of thing. But she's going against a really, really tough opponent who is big. I mean um, – Sally is no no small person, but um, she just feels big. You know, she feels big in there, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe maybe JoJo goes in there and, and starches her and and gets offered. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure if she's near the end of her contract, but um, it's just unfortunate. I feel we're in this time now. We're going to be seeing a lot of turnover happening mm-hmm. lately, especially with the uh, Contender Series bringing in more fighters than they ever did before. Yep. Um, we've only heard of a few fighters recently either being released or letting their contracts fight out. I feel like before the end of the year is over, we're going to have some more on that list. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope JoJo's not one of those, but I wouldn't be surprised just because I feel like she's right around that level that they're starting to uh, let these people fight out. You know, So I'd hate to think that this is her last fight. Um, again, I don't know if this is the last on her contract. I mean, it's not like... Fighters just always going into fight week saying, "Oh, this is my last fight, so I really need a good a p- good performance or whatever." Um, just who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Kind of brought me down there, know. man. I, I know. Kinda, kinda you know, sad. we're talking about her wedding and other stuff, and <laughs> I was just I don't know. I just, it kinda, it's her most joyous time of her life, you know. But wouldn't that be the universe to just up and rear its head and be a real asshole like after a wedding and then? Say win or lose, they, they oh, let her fight out man. a contract. Oh man! All right. Well, listen. Let's move past that, guys. So I don't get too depressed this <laughs> evening. Uh, the main card opens up with Adrian Yanez versus Davy Grant. Uh, Adrian Yanez, by the way, how about uh, the, the star power of Adrian Yanez? Man, he had the yeah. longest interview of the day, and you could tell. I think he was, you know, uh, I, you know. Obviously, I'm asking everybody questions, but I think he was the one that the most other media were involved in talking to and most, uh, you know, engaged by. And I understand why. I mean, three yeah. and oh, three performance bonuses, man. This is this is the real deal. And look, Davy Grant's tough, and he's going to make it a, a you know a fight. But um, this looks like you know an, an opportunity for Adrian Yanez to turn in a, a, another impressive performance because I think stylistically this is going to be an absolute scrap. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Davy's tough as as nails, and uh, Adrian just pulls out fantastic fights. Man, his his fights are really fun. That fight with him and Costa was awesome. Um, 
But you're right. I mean, like, uh, he's just very honest and open. Um, so his interview, he was very just sort of uh, giving of, you know, he was very, very open about whatever. So it was fun listening to him talk. And uh, every time he's got on the mic, man, he it's not like he was ever bad. I can't ever remember him being like not so good up there on the mic, but every time he just seems better, better engaged. And uh, he's getting more comfortable. He, he gave he's a fantastic, yeah, he was a fantastic interview up there, man. Uh, that's, I mean, he's giving, he's doing everything that's right in what you expect, like a super, a, a future star of the sport to do. Mm-hmm. He's putting on fantastic win. He's getting bonuses. He's good on the mic. He's a young, good-looking dude. You know, I mean, this is, I mean, he's got, he's got everything going for him. And then across the the ring, the the octagon from him. I mean, how can you not like Davy? Oh, he's Man, the best. His energy when he comes in the press room is just so fun. His accent is outrageous. I love it. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is another one where it's like. You don't want either guy to lose because both guys seem, you know, wonderful. I think I pick Yanis in this one, but man, uh, I love Davey, man. He is just about as fun as a guy as you, as, as he seems. I mean, he just seems like he'd be a fun guy to be like one of your, your friends that you're hitting the bar with afterwards because you feel like you'd be rolling the whole time because he just seems like a real fun, down to earth dude. But he's also super tough, man. He's got great hands, he's got a great chin. Um, I think, you know, if there's a guy that's going to take some of those crazy things that Yanis might throw out there, this is going to be that cat. But uh, I don't know, man. I think it's just going to be whoever, you know, can his can his chin hold up, you know, because we've seen Yanis go the whole time. Um, three rounds of just fantastic uh, high action. And uh, this could be this, at least when you're looking at the, the two fighters in it, this is definitely two people. If we think that there is there any possibility of him getting another bonus, this is the kind of fighter you want because you're going to have a fighter that's not going to be running from him that's right. by any means. Davey doesn't run. Davey's nope. going to be right in his face, and it's going to be a fantastic fight. This, I mean, this is probably – this is a, I mean, a, if I had to pick a fight of the night before it start candidate, for sure, this this would probably be near the top of my list, I'm for right, sure. I'm right with you right there. I'm right with you right there. So uh, I think the main card is going to get started off with an absolute bang, man. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, prelims, listen, uh, obviously Pat Sabatini, another former CFSC champ. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason, uh, you know, so much CFSC crew is rolling in town. they got a pair of former champions on the card. So, uh, you know, fighting Tucker Lutz, I'm, I'm excited to see Pat Sabatini back in action. Uh, you know, a couple good names on the prelims that are going to be there. Lupe Godin is uh, stepping in on short notice, man. That's her third fight and I think 43 yeah. days is, is – uh, this is nuts. Absolutely man. nuts. I think, uh, and I think for her, it's a good stylistic matchup. I'm a big fan of uh, Loma Lukbumi, yeah. but when you think of Lupi Garden is uh, and her wrestling against uh, Lukbumi's Muay Thai, um, I, I kind of like Godin is there. So um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Terrence McKinney, of course, the big story around him is that uh, Michael Chiesa was his high school wrestling coach, which is uh, pretty neat to see there. Sean Soriano, another CFSC vet on the on the prelims as well. Uh, Rafa Garcia and Natan Levy could be a great car. Uh, great fight so i'm saying this i don't think we have as many like i mean last week i just knew i was like man i think we're in for a a special treat and it absolutely delivered this one i still think we're gonna have some highlights but i mean look last week's kind of tough to live up to for sure but uh i still think it's gonna be an entertaining card so i'm 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 looking forward to it and then uh yeah i'm sorry that uh, you'll be working while i'm not but i i appreciate putting in the grind you better not take your drunk ass into the press room (laughs) reeking of alcohol and just making us all jealous (laughs) come in there all just 
I'm like motherfucker. Are you are you suggesting but, that if I've had too much to drink, I sometimes get a little bit loud? Was that one of the things that you were? No, yeah, it'd be really crazy if you got quiet. Yeah. Like if that's when Morgan got quiet was when you got drunk. But it, no, it just amplifies. It completely amplifies. Uh, uh, but yeah, but like you said on the car, just quickly. Uh, you're right. La- I think last week you could look on it, and the star power was so strong, top to bottom. You just knew it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. This card, I think you have the little pockets of it, and then there's still those names that, you know, just like back in the day when Dana was talking about what fight nights were supposed to be, fight nights were going to be the ones where those up-and-comers really were, if they were able to stand out, they they broke into the big time. And this is like one of those cards where the names might not all be there top to bottom, but it doesn't mean that the performances won't. So you're right. I mean, this could be one of those, those sneaky ones that everybody was like, man... You know, I should have watched that one. And this one you can because it's free. It's free. It's, it, everybody's got ESPN Plus. It's free. It's free. Yeah. I mean, but literally, really, you should have ESPN Plus. There's a lot of programs. You really, for the price, you really, really should. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's so it's so stupid cheap. And then you could just be like me and just get the Disney bundle, which is like thirteen ninety nine, because then you get Disney, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. That's pretty good. That's a lot of programs. It's ridiculously 30. good. It's less than like what I pay, I think, for HBO Max or whatever. Which, HBO Max is good too, though. I know. I like it because they, they bring out the movies every once in a while. Like Dune, I was going to go watch it in the movie, and I didn't go one day. And I was like, man, maybe I'll go tomorrow. Turn on HBO Max just to see what was on there. Yeah. And, and the movie was there. Yep. I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, I, so that's why I kept it because they, they do little things like that as well as some of the shows yeah. in there. As HBO well. Max is solid. I'll, I'll recommend that. All right, listen. Uh, it's not cheap. It's not cheap, it's good. but it's good. Uh, all right, listen. <laughs> I, like I said, I've, I've got to go. Get, I've got to get on a plane in a couple hours, but I did want to say a couple things. Uh, over at patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, Mark Fellows had dropped a comment over there. Obviously, Mark Fellows, longtime supporter of the show. We really appreciate it, man. He did say, any word on a location for USC 271, Adesanya versus Whitaker here in Vegas, Texas, or Abu Dhabi? What's your money on? JM and CC. Uh, listen, I- it's a uh, it's at your mom's house. <laughs> wow! Wow! No, I'm just I just had to get the name before you did like a real answer. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, listen, I, I will say this. Uh, so as far as the upcoming schedule goes, I mean, obviously we know Anaheim for the pay-per-view in January. Um, we keep hearing, and we keep hearing the fighters talking about it. This, you know, staff really not sure yet, but, you know, we keep hearing uh, Houston in, in February. That seems to be the, the, the prevailing wisdom is that the pay-per-view uh, in February will be in Houston. I have been hearing – um, that there's a possibility the UFC might go to Ohio again uh, as soon as as soon as February. I don't know if that's for a pay-per-view or a fight night. So I think there's maybe a possibility that maybe there's a, a pay-per-view in Houston and a fight night in, in Ohio. I don't know if that's going to happen yet, but I keep hearing that. We also keep hearing about uh, March for a potential uh, London date as well. So finally getting back over to England as well. Again, mm. not sure if that's um, a pay-per-view or a fight night, but those are just the cities we keep hearing. Um, obviously, I guess always worth mentioning everything with a grain of salt right now, right? Because when it comes to, to COVID, man, things can change in an instant. And, you know, one thing you, you think you're going there and then and then the next thing you're not. So those are things we keep hearing in, in terms of what 2022 might look like to start out with. Uh, I still think the Apex is going to be, uh, you know, hosting a lot of shows. But it does mm-hmm. seem like maybe a couple little fight nights at least dabbling here and there and getting back on the road. So that's good. I mean, listen, it's such an argument because people, people are saying, and it's so true, you know, the money that the USC is saving, it's, a, it's big. I mean, the USC is saving a ton of money by staying at the yep. Apex. It's really good. But there's that aspect of it, and I, and I completely agree with Dana when he says that. Um, you know, 
part of what you're doing when you're out on the road is you're creating more fans, right? I mean, the first time you go to a live event, that's when you go, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life, you know? And yep. it, it's – you just don't – you're not the same level of fan if you've never been to a live event, you know what I mean? And I, and I don't mean – I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody that hasn't been to a live event. I'm not saying you're not hardcore. You're No, you can be. But in terms of, like, converting – casuals or converting newcomers to being hardcore fans it's that first live event and the music and the lights and the the roar of the crowd and so even though they could save money by staying at the apex i think you you kind of look at it as almost like the uh the marketing slash advertising benefit that you get when you take it on the road and i think that's why they do want to get back on the road at least a little bit yeah and even the fighters i mean like i think the fights we get when the fights are in front of fans is definitely not that they don't put on kick-ass performances in the apex because we've seen absolutely barn burners in there but the level of fights that we see when fighters are able to embrace the energy from the crowd Mm. it's always exponentially better than what we see in the apex because i mean when when they're down and they're hurting and they hear the roar of the crowd they're standing up from the stool they're acknowledging the crowds they're waving their arms they're like bring it on and then and then we just get fucking just wild ass fights, you know, so there's nothing. I mean, even for the fights, you know, I think you're completely right. You know, it's the best marketing tool is when the UFC goes to your town, the town's, you know, livened up. It's in every bar that you see and you're seeing people get out there and you get the little fan stuff in the city. And that's always cool. But, man, when you're watching those fights when they're in front of crowds, it is always so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I granted, I love, I love these fights of the Apex. Cause it's super easy just yep. to go down the street yep. and do their thing. But man, uh, watching the fights and and even when they flash to the crowd every once in a while, and you could see the faces of the people in the crowd. How can you not get hyped up, man? Just watching it because we've all been there, and you know, and you, it's it's one of those collective sort of like, oh yes, like once once fights are going down and you're seeing everybody react to it, that just sort of group you know hive mind of everybody just like oh man violence let's do this you know <laughs> and it's just so awesome and uh oh man it's 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 something man I, but i'm i'm looking forward to some of these ones man i i like uh like they we've heard today you know like columbus's owed a show man um i was looking forward to getting back and seeing that show uh last year or whenever fuck that was yeah uh, was that two years ago two years <laughs> ago it was almost yeah i was gonna say man i can't even remember it just feels like so long ago um but man it'd be so good to to start getting out to, to some of those places i mean no offense to florida and arizona and texas you know but man we've been there and done that let's let's start opening this thing up again and get back to cities uh that we want to actually go to. <laughs> wow, sir. Uh, shots fired. Sir, shots fired. I want to go to Texas. I like going to Texas. I man. know you do. You love Texas. Of course. That's hey, home to me, man. You uh, got that Houston one coming up. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. So it looks like I think maybe that fight will be in Houston. We'll, we'll find out for sure. Uh, last thing I, yeah. I just want to mention real briefly. Uh, this morning, actually, uh, Bob Bennett turned in his uh, resignation. I think he's going to work through the end of the year, if I remember right. Um, but uh, resigning from the Nevada State Athletic Commission, um, which, you know, sad to see Bob go. Bob's always been a good dude. Uh, you know, up front, I will say Bob's, you know, 
far more into boxing than he is MMA, um, but he's always been upfront, honest, uh, you know, a good guy to work with, a good guy to talk to, uh, you know, all those things. So I've enjoyed Bob Bennett's time with the Nevada State Athletic Commission and, and wish him well in retirement. But I will say this, uh, Jeff Mullen, if you're not – uh, familiar with him. He is the one expected to take over. It just basically has to be signed off on by the governor to make it official. Uh, everybody expects that to happen. But uh, this guy has been in, involved in the MMA game from the absolute uh, the absolute start. And uh, the guy is knowledgeable, passionate. Um, you've seen him. If you've watched our weigh-in streams, trust me, he's the one that's up there 90% yep. of the time doing the weights. Every contender series. Every, that's you know, it. Like, that's like diehard. If you think, like, oh, this guy's going to go on Tuesdays for this other show in a small little uh, hotel lobby and do it, like, he's there. He's there all the time. Yeah. So I know the diehards that are listening to this, I've seen this dude. And he's one that when he comes in there, he's got a good personality. And what does he do? He walks over and fist bumps. He's like, hey, have a good day, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Bob never fist bumped me. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Bob never said, hey, good morning. I'm, well, he did say good he morning. He did but say good like, morning at least. It's, it's, it's like the personalities are so different. Like uh, Jeff is awesome, man. Uh, I'm happy for him to get this. Uh, promotion or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh, that's super, that's super, that's fantastic. Because like you said, uh, he's team MMA. And yes. uh, it, I mean, that just means, I mean, events and the way that things are going to go. And when it comes to protecting the fighters, doing everything, because Bob had his hands in everything. Mm -hmm. When they were talking about fixing the gloves, when they were talking about, you know, you know, all that other little stuff that you don't really think about, that all falls into what this position's role is. And so to have a guy that, whose heart and mind is completely about MMA yep. as opposed to, hey, yes, boxing's my thing, but, oh, yes, by the way, we also commission over MMA. This is a guy that's like MMA's my jam, and uh, that's awesome. It's awesome for the sport. We should be really, really, really happy that that's the guy that's uh, going to be stepping up because the other commissions kind of follow what the Nevada commission sort of does. Um, so to have this cat take that role – is really really good for the sport. I completely really, agree. Really good for anytime, sport. anytime that you know areas of conflict come up or issues that need to be dealt with that involve mixed martial arts, you can trust that he is coming from an educated perspective. It's not like yep. you know just one where he's like somebody's filling him in and he's got to make a choice. No, this guy lives and breathes mixed martial arts. So I am uh, I'm super excited about him being um, being appointed and, and and getting that all official and, and firmed up. Man, I think this is a great thing for the state of Nevada and for the sport as a whole. So good stuff so i just wanted to mention that so with that i will say uh i gotta go i got i got my uh, uber is getting here at 3 30 in the morning and I, I still got a lot of stuff to do between now and then it's uh it's gonna be a crazy weekend but i'm looking forward to it and then of course uh you and i both have a little bit of vacation time coming up with uh the thanksgiving week but of course that doesn't mean that there won't be an mma road <laughs> show because the streak does not That's stop right. And it doesn't mean that we're going to actually be just sitting around. I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a week of constant moving. But it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. You'll be getting closer and closer to, to being it. done. And, uh, of course, we'll bring you an episode because that's what we do. We have never missed one 347 consecutive weeks. Just going to pat ourselves on the back for that. Sorry, we don't do it enough. I think we deserve it. It's, a, it's, a, it's you know something special so anyway that'll be coming to you tune in to cffc uh watch the ufc i'll be in the crowd Cold coffee be working <laughs> oh, yeah. listen for drunk john listen in the for crowd. drunk john listen for drunk john <laughs> in the crowd i can't wait in the meantime thanks for listening